engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good evening. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB in Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And just because Shaney B is here with me today, it's eight after the hour. <laughs> oh, good. I will synchronize my watch. There you go. Now, I... We got a lot of news to get to today because it is the last day of our legislative session. Tomorrow, you can get your wallets out of their saves and allow your children to come out of the basement. They will be safe. The legislature goes home. Uh, Of course, if there's anyone in your area who is represented by David Ralston, you may need to keep your family safe still. But we'll get to that. I, I, I am going to shame myself. Before I get to anything else, though, I, I, this is going to be confessional time. Um, you'll just have to bear with me for like two minutes. One of my greatest pet peeves on the planet when it comes to driving is not just the slow pokes in the fast lane, but it is the people who you can see three miles ahead of you that your lane is closed. Get over. You're, you're, you're just slowing everybody down. And I went up Peachtree Street, and there was a UPS truck on Peachtree Street. You could see it four blocks away that there was a UPS truck unloading packages. It had the right lane blocked. Everybody's getting over into the left lane, except for three cars who decide to try to shoot up and then swerve over and cut us off. And I just wasn't having it. I'm I'm a nice driver. I leave like multiple car links between me and the person in front of me typically so that people can get over because I appreciate the merge lane. But I was not having it. This Nissan uh, next to me is blowing their horn, trying to get over. They could have seen three, four blocks. They could have seen the UPS truck right there. They could have gotten over. They had plenty of time, and they want to cut me off, and I don't let them. Somebody who works in this building, they followed me into the parking garage. They work upstairs. Oh, oh gosh. They're going to say something to me. They honked their horn and shot me the bird. I felt horrible. God's trying to tell me I got to be nice to people. But still, you could see three or four blocks away. You could see. You had plenty of room to get over and you didn't want to. So I'm really having trouble feeling sympathetic to whoever it is upstairs who decided to do that. Now, okay, having gotten it off my chest, my confessional. Now, we have had a group of Democratic lawmakers dressed in black as if they're going to a funeral show up at Brian Kemp's office today delivering petitions with voter signatures urging that he veto the fetal heartbeat legislation. Y'all, they're, they're not actually serious on this. They know he's not going to do this. Here's what's going to happen now. Uh, the governor is going to sign the fetal heartbeat legislation. You have Democrats and Hollywood activists coming in saying, we're never going to work here again. Notably, you don't have any of the film studios saying this. You had a Marvel executive. You had a, a um, executive from what, Moe's and McAllister's. He had an executive from Coca-Cola. But you didn't have formal company statements. Now, the the companies can't actually do this. And the reason the companies can't actually do this is because while they think that that, um, they're safe to do it on religious liberty issues, because a lot of people don't really understand what's at stake, 
they understand that a majority of Americans are actually pro-life. So they're not going to come out and say, hey, you've got to veto a bill that would protect babies. They, they can't do that because they know a majority of people actually would be upset about it. They know that pro-lifers actually are a huge constituency. Consider, for example, this unplanned movie. Unplanned. Uh, CNN would not take their advertisements. Uh, none of the Discovery Channel stations, uh, TLC wouldn't take it, Discovery wouldn't take it, the History Channel wouldn't take it, uh, HGTV wouldn't take their ads, and the, the mainstream networks wouldn't take their ads, CNN, NBC, MSNBC, no one. The only two stations that would take advertisements for this unplanned movie about Planned Parenthood were Fox News and Christian Broadcasting Network. Those are the only two. In fact, Sony, uh, Universal, and others, they wouldn't even allow this movie to use music in their playlist for this movie about Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood rattled sabers and intimidated these companies in Hollywood, these studios in New York, to deny this movie any money whatsoever, to deny this movie any access to music catalogs, to film access, anything. And these other companies that own TV networks wouldn't allow it to even advertise on their TV channels. And it still opened north of $7 million at the box office. Which for a movie with no advertising, no mainstream major film actors, that's actually really, really good. It did better than the Matthew McConaughey movie. This is a big deal. They understand these Hollywood studios do, Coca-Cola does, Home Depot does, Delta does. Pro-lifers are a force to be uh, to contend with in this country. So they're not going to come out and oppose this legislation. They're not going to come out and do these things. So what the Democrats and Hollywood actors and actresses are left with is theater. They are using theater to try to persuade you that what has happened is bad, even though you know it's not bad. They're using theater to persuade you that this is terrible and bad things are going to happen. So I, I just I saw this. In Greg Bluestein on Twitter just put this up. Uh, there, there's a press conference at 5 p.m. today. Speakers will address how HB 481 represents an attack on women and families and threatens the state's economy, particularly its relationship with film and television studios and productions. Advocates will then deliver a letter signed by dozens of prominent figures in the entertainment industry denouncing HB 481 to Governor Kemp's office in the Capitol. Extreme legislation that criminalizes abortion and punishes women is part of the anti-choice movement's plan to end Roe v. Wade once and for all. The sponsor of HB 41 even admitted it. And who's going to come? Alyssa Milano, as if anyone cares. Members of Georgia's film and television industry and reproduction freedom activists. Is this not great? When you get to name yourself reproduction freedom activist means people who support killing kids. But they can't say that, can they? So they call themselves reproductive freedom activists. Now, whether you think it should be a choice or not to kill your child, the fact is that this legislation, it's not going to throw women in jail, criminalizing abortion. That, that's, that's what they, they can't even get their facts right about it. They have to misrepresent it. So what's going to happen for the next year and the run-up to the 2020 election is that any time a pregnant woman dies in Georgia, you can expect these abortion activists to play it up as if it is related to this, as if it is related to the heartbeat laws, if somehow the woman would have survived but for this legislation. That's exactly what's going to happen. 
they will distort it, just like they're distorting now. The, the criminalization of abortion, uh, the, the suggestion that women will get thrown in jail for having abortions, that, that's not in the law. There are a lot of things in the law. Notice they're not talking about the things in the law that that uh, would get major popular support, including doo, 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 the ability to take a tax break when you're pregnant, to get the, the, the family tax credits when you're pregnant because you have a child, the ability for women to more easily get deadbeat dads to help cover the cost of pregnancy. Yeah, that's in the legislation, too. They don't want to tell you about that. They want to make it completely an abortion law. And they don't want to make it an abortion law. They want to make it a law that says that women are going to jail and they're going to die. None of which is true. And they can't tell you that. We are living in an age of the politics of fear. And again, I cannot help but point this out. In fact, I got an angry note from a, a local member of the media last night for pointing it out, uh, thinking I was talking down the local media at a time when the local media is under attack and, and going out of business and blah, 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 blah. But it's true. Reporters tend to be to the left of the American public when it comes to this issue. And reporters, as a result, tend to obsess about this issue, frame the issue in a light most favorable to, to people who support killing kids, and tend to distort the record of what actually is happening. How many reporters out there have you actually heard point out that this law would allow women to get deadbeat dads to help cover the cost of the pregnancy? How many reporters have actually pointed out that this law would allow families to take tax credits for families with kids? How many have pointed it out? Very, very few have pointed it out. None nationally. None nationally have pointed this out. Because there actually is a real media bias on this issue. And I don't just say that as a conservative or as a partisan. It's actually true. Uh, in repeated polling, you can look at Pew polling, you can look at Gallup polling, you can look at much, many other polls out there, all show the same thing. That reporters in the United States tend to be to the left of the American public when it comes to the issue of whether or not a woman has the right to kill a child. It's unfortunate um, that they would distort it. But we're seeing this now so much these days across the board on a host of measures where the media is to the left of the American public. Look, for example, at the coverage of the president and the Mueller situation. Uh, the number of questions that presupposed a coordination and a conspiracy between the president and Russia. Uh, the media's entire coverage was designed around the fact, certain, that this actually happens, and it turns out that it didn't happen. The media coverage shapes those things. Uh, they are to the left of the American public on that as well. And by the way, it, it turns out that most people don't actually care about the issue. I played you the audio the other day of the CNN anchor who was shock, shocked that uh, most people don't actually care about the Russia investigation. Most people don't actually care about the Mueller investigation. Most people think that the Mueller investigation does not actually absolve the president. And in fact, the Mueller investigation says that they're not excusing the president on the obstruction issue, but that there was no collusion. Most people don't care. They don't care about the report. You would never know that from media coverage about these things. You'll never know some of these facts about the uh, fetal heartbeat legislation in Georgia because so many reporters are so obsessed with it from one frame, they don't pay attention to how everybody else thinks about these things, and it hurts their overall coverage. It also hurts their overall trust. Not all of us sleep the same way. 63% of Americans sleep on their sides. Are you one of them? I am. My butterfly pillow gives you support in the places you need it most, keeping your neck and spine in alignment throughout the night, even if you switch sides. My butterfly pillow is patented sleep technology. It elevates your head to where you need it. it includes a place to fit your arm and a pillow and a pillow for your ear, which is soft and comfortable, even if you stay in one position all night. The height of my butterfly pillow is even adjustable. Do you fall asleep to white noise or meditative sounds? Well, my butterfly pillow has a Bluetooth adapted night owl speakers, so you can listen to music, sounds, or even a smart TV while you're laying down. 
listeners to my show can save $30 off the list price of $129. Is it worth it? Yes, I think it is. It's become my napping pillow. Lay in bed, listen to music, listen to the call map that I talk to you about sometimes. It's a great, great, great pillow. Use code Eric at checkout at mybutterflypillow.com. You'll get my butterfly pillow for just $99 and free shipping in the continental U.S. Again, go to mybutterflypillow.com, enter code Eric, E-R-I-C-K at checkout. You'll save $30 and get free shipping. That's mybutterflypillow.com. Checkout code Eric. Sleep. Relax, lay down, enjoy some music in your ear, and have a comfortable pillow. I, I it's not even a think; it actually is a feel. I, I feel I should give a a tip of the hat to the Braves for the game last night against my beloved Cubbies. Um, you know, I, I try to have a rule. That I root for the Braves when they play in Atlanta, and I root for the Cubs in Chicago. But they won last night. Eight to nothing, the Braves did. If they can just keep that up. It was a good game. It was a good game. I need to go to more baseball games this year. This is my commitment to myself, to go to more games. Now, I am going to go to the phones here. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. First to Daniel, calling from Monroe. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How are you, man? Good. How are you? Good. I have a couple of uh, points. You might want to uh, make some notes here just because. Uh, well, we've uh, only got about a minute and a half, so. Okay. Oh, wait. Uh, hang on a second. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, we got about a minute and a half. Okay. Uh, I'll quickly say them. Um, as far as um, uh, if the, uh, you know, they're going to, uh, women, I guess, are going to be getting tax break or tax credit. Am I right with this? Uh, if, as part of this. Yeah. Well, when, if you're pregnant beyond six weeks, if there's a, a detectable heartbeat, you can go on and get the, the okay. child credits under Georgia law. Okay. If for some reason they get that tax credit and they intentionally end up aborting their child, um, who or what or if will they be held financially responsible and be charged with any kind of crime with that? Yeah, well, if you take the credit and then abort the child um, for no reason other than to abort the child, then there would be a tax fraud issue. Yes, and then as far as with the father, um, you know, does he have any, um, I guess, legal right to say, hey, I don't want you to um, – to abort my child, or if she does it and doesn't tell him, is there any? Will they be held uh, liable there as well? No. Okay. Thanks. Yep. Yep. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Listen, there you can't because this is a constitutional issue. They have to get around. Um, a a man cannot force the woman to carry the child to term. But you know, if the law passes, restrictions become in place across the board on this issue. But yeah. If you take a tax credit for your child and then you abort the child for no reason, uh, that's tax fraud. So you would have to deal with those consequences. But who would do that? Hey, it's 38 after the hour, Shaney B. Well... According to my, uh, yeah, you know what? You keep doing those time checks because I need it. I don't need to rehash yeah, what th- just happened. There you go. There you go. Welcome back, folks. It is Eric Erickson here. Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. 
WSB Talk. I just lit myself on fire on social media. I'll tell you all about it after I go to the phones and take the call from Trisha in Dawsonville. Welcome to the program. Hi, Eric. Thank you for taking my call. I hope you're doing well. I, I am. Hope you are, too. Hope your wife is doing well. You know, she is actually, she she's recovering. Yesterday was her first day out of the house by herself in almost three and a half weeks. Oh, wow. But thank you for checking. But anyway, I wanted to let you know that our youngest son and I went to see Unplanned today. And I have never had an abortion, never considered it. There's seven years between our boys. Our oldest is expecting their first child in August. But that movie was such an eye-opening thing. And I agree with you. I mean, it wasn't advertised. It was on WSB and Fox. And then, of course, it was all over Facebook. Mm-hmm. But it it left me feeling nauseous to think that the money-making process is what it was all about. Right. And uh, it, I don't. Have you seen it? it? No, I have not. I was supposed to go to a screener right before it premiered. I, I'm planning on going to see it this weekend, actually. You got to see it. That's if it's still in the in the theater. Yeah, it's supposed to be. I already checked with my local theater. It's supposed to be there for another couple of weeks. Okay. I figured Planned Parenthood or government or somebody would... No, you, you know, as a matter of fact, so I, I know the, the manager of my local theater and was saying church groups are bringing people in to see it, and, and it was actually, he was somewhat skeptical of how it would do, and yet they've had a crowd every day. Yeah, uh, the theater today was not completely full, but wasn't far from it. That's and, good to hear. Um, there's a lot of people out there who who believe in this movement that... You know, the, I just wish I could do something to to help spread the word. And, and I thought, okay, you're on the subject. Here's my start. <laughs> well, listen, Tricia, I, I, I thank you very, very much. And, and thanks for asking about my wife. I'm I'm excited to go see the movie. 404-872-0750, wsb talk So uh, let me just tell you about the tweet that I just posted. You know, it is stereotypical to say that women are more persuaded by emotion than reason. And yet today is supposedly equal pay day for 2019, which is an argument devoid of reason and fact and is entirely based on emotion to make women angry, to think they have a raw deal. You know, the whole equal pay gap is a myth. And that's not me. You can do any of the research you want for yourself. Uh, Yes, it is true that women similarly situated to men often make uh, less than the men. But the reason is because of life choices, not discrimination. Women typically leave the workforce to have children. They tend to reduce hours to stay home and raise children. There are ample reasons why men and women similarly situated in jobs typically don't make the same amount of money, and it has almost every single thing to do with uh, lifestyle choices. In fact, what I find very, very hilarious is that some of the biggest, loudest voices about the equal pay gap are Democratic politicians who don't pay women the same amount of money they pay men in their offices. If there is an equal pay gap, it tends to be among Democratic politicians paying staffers, including on Hillary Clinton's race, by the way. And and I believe Elizabeth Warren has been cited before with paying women less. But in in the private sector, it doesn't happen. 
In fact, in the private sector, everybody's gotten so politically correct about stuff, they're more often than not willing to pay men. I mean, consider the story about Google this past year. Google surveys every year to make sure that men and women in similarly situated jobs are paid the same amount of money. And this past year, Google surveyed the landscape and discovered that it was actually paying men less than women in the same jobs. And so they gave men pay raises, not women, to bring the men up to the pay of the women. And guess what? Feminist activists, they got upset about it. You can't do that, said the women. You're not allowed to pay the men as much as the women. I mean, that's what their argument amounted to. Was that somehow this was uh, yeah everybody's so fixated on the on this ridiculous idea of reparations of of uh, society has somehow been unjust so we need to give take money from some and give it to others it sounds like Karl Marx talking here let's give take money from somebody who has it and give it to somebody who doesn't and and call it justice you know what you're not going to fix the problem that way you're just going to build resentment. Today, it is a scam day today designed to make an emotional argument to women to make them feel like society has slighted them when the facts suggest otherwise. And yet they say women aren't persuaded by emotion. They're just as prone to be persuaded by reason as men. And yet you make these emotional arguments to women suggesting you don't actually believe it. And what's uh, the other thing coming full circle is most of the people who argue this, they don't act like they believe it because they wind up paying women less in their political offices. The whole thing is a scam. And it's just another one of those issues where progressives try to use to divide society, pit men against women, one person against another. And make somebody feel like they're a victim. Because if you can be made to feel like a victim, someone on the left can control you. By the way, have you noticed that there are holidays for everything now? There's apparently an International Hamburger Day. There's an International Pizza Day. There's an International Take Your Pet to Work Day. used to be just kids, but now because so many single millennials don't have kids, they got to bring their pets to work and let them poop on the carpet. All of these things... And so many of them are designed in some way to pit person against person. I was actually, I was having this conversation this morning with a friend of mine because, you know, believe it or not, and some of you are going to get very mad at me for saying this, and I can't believe you're going to get mad at me, but I've had this reaction overnight from some people for something I wrote. Joe and Jill Biden, I disagree with them politically on everything, but they're actually very nice people. I know people who have been taken care of by the nobodies who Mrs. Biden just happened to, to meet him at, at Walter Reed. He was an injured, injured soldier and helped with his rehabilitation and, and the Biden took him under his wing and, and he disagrees with him on everything. Didn't even vote for him. And yet he will attest to they're nice people. They're good people. And you can't say that anymore in politics. We've got a conservatives get mad when a conservative says something nice about a, a progressive progressives get livid. I mean, look at the, the progressive attack on Joe Biden for daring to say anything nice about Mike Pence. By the way, we got to talk about Biden tonight. It looks like he's getting more and more ready to run and ironically getting ready to run because he's mad at the progressives who are slandering him. And he blames Bernie Sanders and he thinks he can take Bernie Sanders out, which would probably be a good thing. And then there's Butter Judge, uh, Pete Buttedge Edge. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's how everybody says pronounce his name. Butt edge edge. Pete Butt edge edge. I don't know. My uh, when I tried to tell Siri to pronounce his name, it comes out Pete Butter Judge. So that's what I've started calling him is Pete Butter Judge, the mayor from Indiana. Uh, he has raised seven million dollars in the race. 
Democrats are starting to freak out about him a little bit, and there's some facts about him you need to know, particularly in his relationship to the media. We need to spend some time on these 2020 Democratic candidates tonight when we come back. It is Atlanta's Evening News. I'm Eric Erickson, your host. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Now, I want to go back to the phones. Let's see, Terry in Hushton, you're going to be next. Welcome. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you. Um, well, uh, I have a question about the fetal heartbeat bill, uh-huh. um, or law now, thank goodness. I- anyway, how are they going to do the tax credits on it? My understanding is that you can't claim someone as a dependent on taxes without a Social Security number. And Correct. since the, the child isn't yet born, the Social Security number isn't well, generated. Yep. So it only applies to the state law. It doesn't apply to federal law. So it will not impact your federal taxes. Uh, so it'll only impact state taxes unless the federal government has a change of heart. There actually is legislation in the U.S. House of Representatives right now. I doubt it'll pass under Democrats to allow people once pregnant to go on and take the tax status. Um, but uh, what will happen is when the governor actually signs the law, he's going to sign it, I think, later this week or the beginning of next week. Then uh, the, the uh, Department of Revenue in the state will have to promulgate regulations as to how you prove this. Uh, you will probably have to have some attestation from uh, OBGYN that, yes, you are, in fact, pregnant uh, and be able to file that on your tax statement uh, for the child. Uh, and if you got twins, bonanza. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they haven't actually formulated the regulations yet. My guess is that there will have to be some attested statement um, from a doctor that yes, or from yourself that yes, you actually are pregnant at the time um, and to be able to follow that through. Now, uh, I want to shift gears here slightly. There is a Supreme Court opinion that has riled up the media and notably riled up the media because much of the opinion uh, re-argues between the judges. Uh, uh, the case from last month I mentioned where the you had the uh, Muslim guy in Alabama waited until the very last minute to try to get an imam to be with him in the death penalty chamber. Uh, the Supreme Court rejected his appeal, saying he waited too long and uh, knew the rules. The ACLU says he wasn't explained the rules. Uh, The justices say otherwise. Well, uh, the big issue with this one, the left is outraged because Kavanaugh, who appeared to be amenable to getting rid of the death penalty, doubled down with the conservatives, Neil Gorsuch writing the opinion. And here's the craziest thing. So it's about a guy in Missouri who's dying. He's going to be executed, but he has an incurable disease as well. His whole body is filled up with tumors. And he actually argues that if they give him a lethal injection, he's actually not going to die from the injection. He's going to die because the tumors are filled with blood vessels. They're going to rupture, and he's going to choke on his own blood while he's being executed. And so he shouldn't be executed 
because, at least in that way, because he's going to die anyway. I, I, I'm so perplexed that anyone is outraged by this argument. The guy is, is he says he's terminally ill. They're going to execute him. Uh, the execution will actually be more peaceful for him than if he were to die by natural means. And yet everybody's outraged by this. I'm Y'all, I'm a proponent of the death penalty. You should know. Yes, I, I'm pro-life, um, but I, I very much take God at his word when he tells uh, Noah to, to get rid of the people who take the lives of others um, to maintain respect for life. I'm, I think it's perfectly compatible to be pro-life and support the death penalty. But, man, I'm just perplexed by the people who think, hey, the guy's going to die, so we can't execute him. Uh, that makes no rational sense to me. When we come back, Butter Judge and Biden... It is Eric Erickson here with Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. Welcome back to the second hour. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Presidential politics heating up on the Democratic side. Let's get into it with Butter Judge. I so I, I need to explain why I say Butter Judge. Um, it, it actually it made me fall out laughing. I was uh, texting uh, using CarPlay, so I wasn't actually texting in my car. I was using my voice and was texting a friend of mine and said Pete Buttigieg. Uh, his name is Buttigieg. Buttigieg, whatever. Uh, and I said Pete Buttigieg uh, did something or other. And it translated it as Pete Butter Judge. And I just fell out laughing. And I actually put that up on Twitter, and he wound up liking it on Twitter. And his campaign manager liked it on Twitter, thought it was very funny themselves uh, that Siri translated it as Butter Judge. I noted that today. I called him Pete Butter Judge and had some irate progressive saying I was insulting him. They, They had no idea what the backstory was and felt the need to chime in. I've got to tell you, Pete Butter Judge has won the hearts and minds of the D.C. circle of jerks, that is the Washington political press corps. And that spells trouble for people like Beto and Kamala and Elizabeth and Bernie. Uh, The Bernie bros hate Pete Buttigieg. It's very funny to see that the Democrats on the far left are talking. Now, you should understand that that he's he's no moderate. Pete Buttigieg, his father was a Marxist professor who wrote favorably about Karl Marx. Uh, that has surfaced today. Now, you can't judge a son by his father, but uh, by everything about this guy, we know he is very, very much a progressive. He actually vetoed legislation on his uh, from his city council that would have allowed a crisis pregnancy center to open in his city uh, because it did not perform abortions. It counseled women and got them to services if they wanted to give the baby, but it didn't perform abortion, so he vetoed it. He's he's very much a doctrinaire progressive. And the left is now attacking this guy for being a privileged white male. Being gay doesn't matter anymore because he's a white male. You know, if he was a if he was a uh, decided that he was transgender, that would matter. If he was a, a lesbian, that that would matter. But because he's a privileged white male who served in the military and, and has the benefits of privilege, um, he's, he's, you know, you got to go with Kamala or somebody. The Bernie bros can't stand him because they think that he's an impediment to their Marxist socialist revolution in the United States. 
Um, but he's won the hearts and minds of the media, and that is important. You actually cannot um, underestimate a Democrat in a Democratic primary winning the hearts and minds of the media. Consider Donald J. Trump, president of the United States. He got more than $5 billion worth of free airtime from the national media in the primaries in 2016. He actually, actually, I take that back. I take that back. It was $3.5 billion. Uh, total in the general election as well, he got $5 billion in free media, earned media, they call it, um, by the media. Remember, CNN itself covered him uh, regularly, wall to wall for his um, for his town halls. They would cover uh, Trump Force One landing as if it were Air Force One. CNN, MSNBC, Fox, but CNN in in particular, for a network that hates him so much now, CNN really helped put President Trump on the map. Um, And because he won the air war with free advertising from media coverage. Well, now on the Democratic side, Pete Buttigieg is doing the same thing. He is uh, winning the hearts and minds. Basically, the same reporters who had uh, Viagra-induced problems over Beto in 2018 uh, I mean, have gotten priapism over Pete Buttigieg th- this time. It's it's lasted more than four hours, and instead of going to the hospital, they're going out on the campaign trail with this guy, and it's going to impact the other Democratic candidates uh, badly if they don't come up with a way to disrupt him. Well, there may be one big disruption coming, I, I, and, and my apologies to Doug there. I'm, I looked at Instagram right before we came back from break, and I saw pictures from, from um, Mark on vacation, I was like, wait, who am I going to do traffic now? Is Am I going to Doug or am I? Um, my brain tonight, it's, it's fried. I've had a lot of time in the house with the kids this past week with spring break. <laughs> okay. So now the great disruption that may come to, to Butter Judge is Joe Biden. Joe Biden, people weren't sure if he was going to run or not. And more and more, in fact, Axios has a report out right now that Biden thinks he now has to run. Because he believes that Bernie Sanders is coordinating these hits on him. Both of the women who have come forward to claim that Joe Biden awkwardly touched them, one of them made to feel very uncomfortable, she said, they're Bernie Sanders supporters. And Biden believes that this is a character assassination from Bernie Sanders. Well, the media is in love with Pete Buttigieg. The only way to really take him out at this point early in the game is to find some scandal that undermines his story. And he's got a very impressive story. He speaks, what, 7,000 languages. He was in the military. He, he's a turnaround city. Republicans in Indiana love him. On and on and on and on. Uh, fresh face. You know, so Buttigieg, he, he attracts a certain type of person that I know very well in my life. I've got a lot of friends that they, they're they very deeply involved in politics, but they consider themselves better than either party. They're, they're above the partisan fray. Uh, they are independents, and they're really not independents. Uh, you know, there really is no such thing as independent. And in fact, independent voters, every survey says uh, CNN, Fox, uh, ABC News, Wall Street Journal, The Washington Post, The New York Times, The Pew Survey, The Gallup Survey, The uh, Battleground Survey, the Rasmussen survey, every single survey out there, the Opinion Dynamics survey, the um, what's the, the the one the U Vote survey, they all say the exact same thing. There is no such thing as an independent voter. Independent voters are partisan voters embarrassed to identify their party. So you've got a certain sort of independent voter 
who leans progressive on social issues, but they don't like the icky Democrats because they're too they're too fringy and they love Buttigieg. They love him because he he appears to be a candidate. They've convinced themselves transcends party. They don't really know about his record, but he, he gives rational answers to Anderson Cooper on CNN. Uh, he's gay. He's white. He's, he's a guy. He fought in the military. He, he, he shows that I'm I'm open and tolerant. I can vote for this guy. And they will back him to the hilt in a cult of personality while they look at everyone else, turn their nose up and say, oh, these people, they're just voting for personality. I'm an independent voter and I've assessed the issues. They don't know jack about this guy. Nobody does. But these young millennial reporters, they love the guy. And he's getting fawning coverage from BuzzFeed and then the social media people at ABC News and, and CNN and the like. And so these these people, oh, Buttigieg, I love this guy. I can say his name. I can even spell it. It's very, very predictable, these people who have gravitated towards him. And it's very predictable that these millennial reporters who are on the campaign trail, they love the guy. He he jokes with him very much like how you you, you may not remember. I was in, in college at the time, but uh, when John McCain was running against George W. Bush in 2000, I was involved in politics and young reporters loved John McCain. This where he spent time with them. He cracked jokes with them, said a lot of things off the record that were politically incorrect and they were in on the secret and oh, he was awesome. And man, they resented like hell that George W. Bush beat John McCain. And, and that shaped a lot of the media coverage of George W. Bush. In the same way, a lot of these same reporters, they love Beto in 2018. He was against Ted Cruz. How, how could you not love? He said the F word on stage and he, he rode skateboards. They're the same way. It's the same reporters fall for the same type of candidate all the time for the same reasons and the same sort of uh, supposedly aloof independent voter does the same thing all the time. In Georgia, they voted for Stacey Abrams. Here, they're voting for for Butter Judge, or at least they would if he makes it to the primaries. It, it, it's all very predictable. You can see it coming from a mile away, and they're all convinced that they're, they're objective, honest brokers who are just staring at the facts, and they don't really know anything about him, but they know that these millennial reporters for BuzzFeed, they love the guy, so he must be awesome, except here comes Joe Biden, and he's about to shake up things significantly in the Democratic primary. Admit it. You think cybercrime is something that happens to other people. You may think that no one wants your data or that hackers can't grab your passwords or credit card details, but you'd be wrong. Stealing data from unsuspecting people on public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest and cheapest ways for hackers to make money. When you leave your internet connection unencrypted, you might as well be writing your passwords and credit card numbers on a huge billboard for the rest of the world to see. That's why you need ExpressVPN. It secures and makes anonymous your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, or your tablet. And turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. You can safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. For less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that so many people have come to rely on. It's the rated number one VPN service by TechRadar. It comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Protect yourself online today and find out how to get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S vpn.com slash E-R-I-C-K for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more.
The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, there it is, Fox News talking about a celebrity's call for Georgia boycott over abortion bill. Sean Penn, someone I've never heard of, Alec Baldwin, and Rosie O'Donnell, and Alyssa Milano, who's been having her press conference over at the state capitol building saying that actors and actresses are going to come. You, you know who you're, you're not hearing from, and this is important. First of all, you're not hearing from very many A-list celebrities. You're hearing from people like uh, Mulatto. I don't know. When's the last time she acted? I have no idea if she can even really call herself an actress anymore. Does she even act anymore? Um, but it, you're not here in the studios. It's the studios and the tax credits. And, and, you know, I mean, for example, take the North Carolina situation. So Netflix moved a production from North Carolina to South Carolina earlier this year. Uh, and they said it was because the Democratic governor and the Republican legislature had been unwilling to change provisions of their, you know, the, the transgender bill they had in North Carolina. Turns out that wasn't actually the case. The The show that Netflix was moving, it wasn't doing well, and it was costing them a lot of money, so they moved to South Carolina, which had a better film tax credit. And that's kind of the issue here is the film tax credit. Georgia has the best film tax credit in the nation. We are seeing uh, the Pennsylvania governor, the Michigan governor, others coming out saying, hey, film industry, y'all come up here and do your work. Except if they do, they got to pay unions uh, more than they already do. They don't get as much money on the film tax credit. They don't have an industry industrial base there to do these films. Georgia has the best film tax credit in the country. In fact, I actually think it's too good of a film tax credit. We should rein it in, but there isn't support in the legislature to do that. And you're not going to find Hollywood run away from the uh, from the dollars. It is harder and ho- harder in Hollywood for them to be able to make um, a, a good money on a lot of these productions. Because the costs are so high, union dues have gotten so high, union involvement has gotten so high, particularly in California. Uh, And so you've seen a lot of that come to Georgia. Georgia has made them very welcome. These industries, these Hollywood big shots, these Hollywood studios, and most of the actors and actresses, they don't really care. Most of them view Georgia with disdain. The Hicks and the Rubes in Georgia, the the rednecks and the racists and the Trump supporters, the state went for Trump. That didn't dissuade them from coming. They, they have deep contempt for us, and yet they come here and take our money, and they're perfectly happy to do that. And, and they may speak, but you know what we find more and more in Hollywood is a bunch of people who like to say one thing, but they don't practice what they preach. When we come back, Joe Biden looks like he is getting into the Democratic race. It is going to shake things up, and there are a couple people really worried. I don't, there needs to be, for the boom or whatever you call it, there needs to be like boom Viagra or something for these things because the microphone droops down every time I have to push it back up and then it droops again. Um, anyway, welcome back. It's Eric Erickson. It is Atlanta's Evening News. I'm in for Mark Aram tonight as well, so you got me till 8 o'clock. Uh, after 7 o'clock, we're going to go into area attractions. Where do you go with your family um, to enjoy the to enjoy the state or close nearby, even out of state. But right now, we need to talk about Joe Biden getting into the race and the implications for the other Democrats. Uh, Biden has been running uh, at roughly 30 percent, 26 to 30 percent, depending on the poll for the Democratic primary. And he's not even declared. 
There was uh, several weeks ago, I told you I had been told reliably and I was told very reliably that Biden would be getting into the race soon. And then he didn't. And a lot of people were wondering what happened. The, the Stacey Abrams trial balloon and the reaction to it seemed to have thrown him off. And don't believe otherwise. Um, they're denying that that ever happened. They're denying that they were considering. That's not true. They were very much considering it. Stories like that do not trickle out without there being some thought by the campaign. Essentially a trial balloon, but it gave them some plausible deniability. And they could say, eh, no, 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 it wasn't really us. We weren't really thinking about it. But they were. Because Joe Biden, if he enters, he and Bernie Sanders will be the two oldest people. It's it's fascinating. Even Elizabeth Warren, I think, is the same age as or slightly older than Donald Trump. Uh, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, they're older than Donald Trump. And so... If Biden gets into the race, age is going to be a liability. His campaign staff wanted to figure out a way to neutralize it. They trotted out the Stacey Abrams uh, trial balloon. It it popped, didn't go anywhere. So that kind of put things on hold for a minute. But he still wants to run, and the Bernie Sanders attacks on his character are inspiring him to really get into the race. There are a lot of people out there saying, well, he's toast because of all these stories, all these women coming forward, except you can make a case that there's a partisan motivation because they're all Bernie Sanders supporters. And that's why he's getting fired up about running, because he thinks that Bernie Sanders is attacking him. And here's the other little secret. Most people don't care. They view him as from a different generation. That's the way he is, and they're not paying attention. I mean, it, what we see more and more, particularly the political press, the circle of jerks in Washington, they are motivated by what they see on social media more and more. And the social media coverage shapes their coverage. And so on social media, what Joe Biden did or did not do is a really, really big deal. But outside of social media, most people actually don't pay attention to social media. Most people aren't as angry. Most people aren't as divisive. You know, for example, so there's a there's a story out. ABC News ran a story that there was backlash over the actress in the Us movie because she did her voice in such a way as to mimic some sort of mental impairment. Uh, that is a phenomenon. It turns out it was three angry people on Twitter. One of them had 24 followers. But ABC News did a whole story of backlash against the actress. There was no backlash. There were three angry trolls on Twitter. That's it. But the media now shapes their narrative based on three angry people on Twitter. So they become obsessed with the story that is being obsessed over by angry trolls on Twitter. Most people aren't there. They don't care. But there's this growing consensus that if Joe Biden gets into the race, he's going to be annihilated quickly because of all these stories. I can actually give you three reasons, not just one reason, why I think uh, you should not write off Joe Biden so quickly. Ralph Northam, Justin Fairfax, and whatever the name is of the uh, attorney general in Virginia. I can't remember that guy's name. But the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the attorney general in Virginia still all have jobs. Two of them uh, having been in blackface. The third, credibly accused of sexual harassment or worse, still has a job. By the way, Democrats have come out in Virginia today, and they said that Justin Fairfax, the lieutenant governor, he needs to resign, but they're not going to investigate him. They, they don't want to hear testimony from the women after all. They said they were going to have hearings and they were going to investigate. Now they're saying, nope, 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 he needs to resign, but we're not going to delve into this because they don't really care. Because Kavanaugh. So listen, if these people can keep their job, there's no reason to think Joe Biden can't actually survive and move forward. 
and I think he's going to get in the race now. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you who told me two weeks ago, but I can tell you that um, they were extremely credible and knew intimate knowledge as to how he was going to run for president. And they were convinced. And now Biden is apparently telling donors uh, full steam ahead, pay no attention to last week and the Stacey Abrams stuff, that he's in the race. Kamala Harris, what's going to happen to her? What's going to happen to Bernie Sanders? Here's the real thing. Bernie Sanders does not like the idea of Joe Biden running because Bernie Sanders wanted to, uh, to pitch himself as the elder statesman. And he's not going to be the elder statesman. I mean, there's actually a story out today in Politico, I think it is, that Bernie Sanders is actually far more practical than you mentioned. The man's a socialist, for God's sakes, who honeymooned in the Soviet Union and thinks bread lines are fine. He's not practical. The fact that he's trying to be pitched, that his team is pitching him as a practical Democrat, shows he's worried about Joe Biden getting in, which is also pointing the finger at the idea that um, Bernie Sanders is behind the attacks on Joe Biden. Now, will any of this ultimately matter? I don't know that it will, because I think the Democratic Party is so fractured. Biden entering is going to fracture them further. The media is going to have a field day tearing them all down to protect Butter Judge. That President Trump is going to run up the middle, solidify the base, and win re-election. And by the way, here's a newsflash for you. More than a third of Hispanic voters in the United States support Donald Trump now. His numbers with Hispanic voters have gone up. I think this is a misstep. His, his team is starting to call Puerto Rico, refer to it derisively as that other country. I think that is a misstep on their part. I think it could hurt them, particularly in Florida, where they've done pretty good in Florida. Maybe they've got some polling that suggests that this actually helps them because a lot of people from Puerto Rico flee to Florida and they all voted Republican. Maybe it actually helps them with them. I don't know their thinking on that, but it is very interesting. A third of Hispanic voters support President Trump. You don't actually hear that. They said the polling data. They said the polling data that just came out. It was actually in a mainstream news article, I think at the Washington Post or the Wall Street Journal one, but it's nowhere else because the news horrifies Democrats who are convinced, convinced, convinced that no one likes Donald Trump. When a third of Hispanics like Donald Trump, the Democrats have problems. Alrighty, I'm going to take another phone call. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Jerry and John's Greek, how are you tonight? Love you, brother. You too. Hey, give me, I got five reasons Trump will trump the 2020 election. All right. Do not under, underestimate the Hispanic and millennial vote. The overplay of the collusion theory by the Democrats, they're going to continue to try to do this. People are just tired. They've got media fatigue. These stories are going to continue to come out. People are just going to disregard them. Um, the Democrats now admitting that... Okay, hang on. I, I got to stop you there, Jerry, because right? I can hear this whoosh in the background. Where are you? <laughs> uh, sitting on the side of the road in... Uh, <laughs> John Street. <laughs> All no, right. Well, hey, you're, you're not you're not driving and talking on your phone, so you, you state legislator nanny staters can't be mad at Jerry. 
<laughs> so the Democrats now admitting that the border is a crisis. Uh, reports are 4,000 people a day are coming across the border. And the last one, and please don't take this personally, it's the economy, stupid. <laughs> yes. Yeah, listen, I, I I completely agree with you on, on those points that the media has well overplayed their hands on this uh, scandal in particular. I mean, for example, there's a story today that, oh, the White House, they're, they're saying there might actually be something in the report. Wishful thinking. When we come back, I've got the Alyssa Milano audio from her press conference. Uh, we've got some more news out there to delve into before we get into lighter topics, including at the state capitol, Alyssa Milano, uh, who hadn't had a hit since Charm. She's in. By the way, I, I've got to tell you, um, if anyone out there knows Joshua Edmonds, the uh, executive director of the Georgia Life Alliance, he is my hero this afternoon. I, I want a shout out to him on the air. Uh, he has he he showed up at the press conference and got his picture taken with Alyssa Milano and and made sure to put it on Facebook and tell everyone that uh, he he appreciated Alyssa Milano coming to see why Georgia is the most pro life state in the nation. <laughs> oh man, my hero! Well, she gave her press conference at the state capitol. To bring billions of dollars in revenue to support Georgia's schools, parks, and communities. But we cannot, in good conscience, continue to recommend our industry remain if in Georgia if HB 481 becomes the law. Wait, 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 wait just a darn minute. We've given Hollywood billions of dollars in tax credits. We've given Hollywood a lot of money. That's why they're coming to Georgia's because we're giving them money. I mean, if, if they don't want to take your tax dollars anymore, they don't have to come, but they're going to keep coming. Here's some more. This is just bizarre. These are the men that are voting on what goes on inside my uterus. This guy right here. This guy. This guy. This guy. <laughs> uh, no, I'm pretty sure they're not interested in that. <laughs> I'm really sure they're not interested in that. <laughs> Shane told me, I'm sorry I had to actually listen to the clip first. Shane told me that's what she said, but I couldn't actually believe that's what she said. <laughs> These are the men that are voting on what goes on inside my uterus. This guy right here. I'm pretty sure she's in charge of that. <laughs> oh my god, does she not know how it works? <laughs> we gotta convene a committee in there. <laughs> oh my gosh. These are the men that are voting on what goes on inside my uterus. <laughs> do, we, do we have a quorum? <laughs> I hear it takes two. <laughs> I don't know. Or electronic supplement. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. 
Wow, this is her argument. This is this is Alyssa Milano's argument. These are the men who are voting what goes on in my uterus. My goodness, gives a whole new meaning to Saturday die, doesn't it? Oh my. I'm sorry, I'm still laughing about this. When Jeff Duncan pounds the gavel at midnight, he's going to get charged with sexual harassment. This is just, this is crazy. This is a Hollywood actress. She apparently doesn't know what how things happen down there. In any of it, the hysteria of the left on this issue is so over the top. <laughs> wow, I'm, I gotta move. I gotta move to other stuff. I I, I can't keep it together on this one. It's just the the hysteria from these people over this heartbeat legislation, and all it does is say that when the child has a heartbeat. And is his own person. You can't just wantonly kill him because he's a person. You know, I mean, separation, church, state, whatever you want to say. But the reason Christians in particular are opposed to abortion is because uh, Scripture says that um, the Holy Spirit indwelled within Mary at conception. Um, or Christ was conceived and the Spirit was on him then. So at conception, an abortion would have killed the risen Lord. So Christians are, have always been opposed to abortion. It's one of the most perverse things about the legislature is pro-abortion Democrats trying to bring scripture and the Bible and, and Christianity into it. God wants the woman to decide when to kill the child. No, no, he doesn't want anybody to kill the child. They have so grossly distorted this. This has become a religion on the left. And that is goes to explain why uh, there is so much uh, anger, rage, and hostility on the left about abortion in particular. It has become a sacrament to the left. I mean, you actually have progressive writers who write that every woman should have an abortion to be able to experience it and see that it's no big deal. They think it's a rite of passage these days. And as a result, as secularism is replacing Christianity as a religion, secularism is in and of itself a religion. There's no such thing as no religion. Even atheism is in and of itself a religion. It has tenets of belief and, and doctrine and, and orthodoxy and heresy. And with atheism, you have to essentially reject God, but you still worship something. And with the left and secularism in this country, they have fixated on abortion as their sacrament. Instead of baptism and the Lord's Supper, you have abortion. And you have priests of abortion. Look at how the secular media celebrates the head of Planned Parenthood. Look at how the media celebrates uh, these activists and, and these actresses who go out there and, and make these outrageous claims on TV and never holds them accountable, but allows them to come on. And, and I mean, look, look at Alison Camerato on CNN, for example, how she just allowed uh, Jen Jordan from the state Senate to go on television and, and say what she said. Just listen to this interview. Go ahead, Senator Jordan, because that's not how you saw it. In fact, I just want to tell people a little bit about your speech that went viral because you shared something very personal about the heartbreak of pregnancy loss that you've experienced. And I just want to hear a little bit more about why you felt compelled to share that in such a public way. You know, the reason that I felt that it was important is because this whole issue has really been framed with respect to abortion. But it's much bigger than that. I mean, what we're talking about is the fundamental right to privacy that women have. And so when you talk about abortion, people kind of go to their camps. 
But look, women have miscarriages every day. Women have fertility issues every day. We don't talk about it. That's just it. We're not out um, in front of clinics holding signs, anything like this. But this bill is going to affect every aspect of every woman's life in the state of Georgia. And let me be clear, women are going to die because of this law, because they cannot get appropriate health care from OBGYNs in this state. And that is really what's going to happen at the end of the day. So notice two things about that clip. First, um, the CNN anchor just wanted her to monologue wasn't really questioning her, just wanted her to, to, to tell the story. And then what, what Senator Jordan herself did is she made a bunch of factually wrong statements, things that were not true, but she really believes them. She wasn't lying per se in, in that she knows she's not telling the truth. She really believes these things. They're not true. They're not in the law. It's not going to happen. But she believes them because it is an article of faith. This issue has become an article of faith for Democrats. Uh, again, as one religion fades, another rises. They're, they're, you're never going to have a society that is religion-free. There will always be a religion. It just depends on what it is. And the secularism that the Democrats are embracing, part of their religion is uh, an embrace of abortion as a secular religious right. And there are beliefs inherent in it. Uh, the belief, for example, notice how she says that this legislation will affect every every aspect of every woman's life because they believe that abortion affects every woman's life in, in every aspect of it, whether or not to have a child, uh, whether or not to terminate a pregnancy. Uh, it, it is you can't dissuade them from these just as you can't dissuade a Christian that God isn't real because they believe it by faith. Democrats believe these things by faith, and it allows them to act out and say absolutely ridiculous things like these men of the legislature are voting on what happens in someone's uterus. No, no, I assure you, particularly that when they are not doing that, I, I, I promise you they are not. One of the most important things we do for our health every day is brushing our teeth, yet most of us don't do it properly. Quip is the better electric toothbrush created by dentists with designers. It was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable. In fact, Quip has sonic vibrations that are gentle enough for your sensitive gums, but clean your teeth very thoroughly. People brush too hard sometimes, and some electric toothbrushes are too abrasive, but Quip is just right. It's even got a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, helping give a full, even clean. I love my Quip. I've been a Quip user for over two years now. In fact, the last time I went to my orthodontist, just like the time before that, he wondered if I was bleaching my teeth. I'm not. I'm just using my Quip. It's backed by over 20,000 dental professionals, and right now Quip starts for just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. So you get your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Eric. All righty. How about we take some phone calls here? It is the Mark Aram Show. I'm Eric Erickson in for Mark Aram tonight. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let's go to Kathy and Jefferson. Kathy, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So I was thinking about a TV commercial I saw where Alyssa Milano, and I couldn't remember if she was trying to get money for animals that were starving or children that were starving. And your call screener said they thought it was animals. I think so. A little bit of uh, contradictory to, to save the animals, but not save the humans. 
Yeah, well, you and I may think so, but I'm sure she can rationalize it. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the interesting thing is, is some of these Hollywood actors and actresses, they actually uh, are opposed to, for example, or, or they support laws that would criminalize uh, causing an animal to miscarriage. But they also support laws that uh, take criminalization out of people who might uh, cause a woman to have a miscarriage. I mean, for example, you have a progressive activist in New York who want to get rid of laws that um, would charge someone with the death of a child in utero. Uh, because they don't want any human recognition on the child, and yet they want to criminalize uh, a, a, a someone harming a dog so that a puppy uh, dies. It's, it's completely contradictory. 404-872-0750, wsb talk Mike, we got about a minute. Wanted to see if I can squeeze you in here. Hey, Eric, I was wondering when you were going to get to the uh, Hollywood stuff, and it's incredible to me that they want to come here and put their ideas on Georgia I mean, they've done such a good job with California, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, the place is a failing state. What, what's so interesting is how much the left has invested in the idea that California is somehow uh, a super successful state. It's not anymore. It used to be, but progressivism run rampant is, is collapsing the state. Now, when we come back, we need to shift gears uh, a little bit. We need to delve into this mess south of the border. The president potentially cutting off aid to Central American countries and closing the border. Well, now the White House kind of walking that back. I'll give you the details, what I know, and why I think we probably don't need to cut that aid when we come back here on WSB. Hello there. The phone number here, 404-872-0750-1800, WSB-TALK. It is the Mark Aram Show, and I am not Mark Aram. I am Eric Erickson, filling in for Mark tonight. I have one more bit of news that I just say in... You'd think I could fit everything in in two hours, but I can't, so I'm glad I have four hours tonight, although I'm only spending three on news. Next hour, we're shifting gears dramatically. But the issue of south of the border, uh, the president intends to cut off funding to what is called by academics the Northern Triangle. The Northern Triangle sounds like some um, Southeast Asian terror circuit or something. It's not. It's, it's three countries. It is Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador. The president wants to cut off foreign aid to those three countries. In addition, he says he's going to seal the southern border. Uh, you should know if you're a millennial— Avocado prices jumped 37% today. <laughs> Millennials are going to be voting against Republicans forever because of their avocado toast. But nonetheless, the president says he's going to seal the border. The White House, though, now won't give a timeline for when they're going to seal the border. Related to this, though, I, I want to spend some time. I used to be one of the cutoff foreign aid conservatives. I, I'm I'm not a fan of foreign aid. I think a lot of it is badly spent and I see no need for us to waste our money abroad, even if it is less than 1% of the budget. But I think we've been spending money wisely in Central America, and we shouldn't cut off this money. Now, I, I get the the impulse of some uh, who think it's a shakedown, but I, I've seen a, a bunch of conservative—well, uh, Trump supporters. I shouldn't call them conservatives because they're really not. They're, they're the president's supporters. They don't really have an ideology. They, they try to justify everything he does. And I have seen a lot of these people yelling at me today 
Uh, but they don't have the facts. I, mean, they, they, I have actually taken the time to study the issue, and I've changed my mind on the issue in studying the facts. And it doesn't mean I'm better than you, but I probably do know more than a lot of you on this issue uh, because I have been studying. We spend less than a billion dollars a year in Central America. And you can feel like it is a shakedown, and it is. Let's not dispute it. But the fact of the matter is we spend money in the Central American countries and it has reduced the rate of illegal immigrant populations coming into the United States. The reason we're seeing these large caravans headed north is because we have decreased our spending in Central America uh, pretty dramatically, as a matter of fact. But let's just take El Salvador, for example. El Salvador has largely curtailed the uh, amount of illegal immigrants coming into the United States by spending virtually 100% of every foreign aid dollar the United States gives them on fighting crime, corruption, and cartels, the three Cs, crime, corruption, and cartels. We are seeing still an influx from Nicaragua, Honduras, uh, and Guatemala, Honduras and Guatemala in particular. Uh, we have been cutting spending in those areas. Back during the Bush administration and then again during the Obama administration, we kept seeing these big waves of immigrant caravans coming north. And the uh, Bush administration and the Obama administration decided, you know what, let's retarget how we're spending foreign aid in Central America. What we're going to do is we're going to fight the three C's. We're not just going to write them a blank check. We're going to go in there and we're going to build programs that uh, fight crime, corruption, and cartels. In uh, El Salvador, great example again, as, as murders have gone down, fewer people have left the country. In fact, there's been a dramatic decrease everywhere USAID, uh, USAID, the, our foreign relief agency that works in Central America and elsewhere around the world, every single place USAID has set up shop, uh, there has been a decrease in cartels, a decrease in crime, a decrease in government corruption, and a decrease in flight from those countries to the United States. As USAID has packed up and left those countries, we have seen increases in crime, corruption, cartels, and the flight of individuals fleeing for their lives coming to the United States. Now, you cannot like this. You can say it's a shakedown. You can say this is ridiculous. You can say just build a wall, but we don't have a wall right now. So you pull out the funding from these countries, you're going to see them all go to hell in a handbasket pretty quickly, and you are going to spark a humanitarian crisis where these country, where these people flee north without a wall. And here's the thing. This is, I mean, not to get all Game of Thrones for you, but they're going to find a way around the wall. They may not have an ice dragon to, to blow up the wall, but at some point they're going to come if you keep exacerbating the situation. It is better, as Mike Pence said last year, he and Donald Trump understood, you got to spend money in these countries to fight the problems causing the illegal immigrant crisis. And now they say they're not going to do that. I, I think it's a mistake. I really think it's, I have told the White House, I think it's a mistake you got to still spend some money here fighting these problems. Now, Kevin McLeanan, you may not know the name, but he is President Trump's uh, head of the Border Patrol. He is, uh, President Trump handpicked him. He had a career civil servant, had worked for Bush, worked for Obama. President really liked him, put him in charge. He's got bipartisan street cred. The people in the administration love him. Even he has pointed out that El Salvador has targeted the money we've given El Salvador, and we want Guatemala and Honduras to do what El Salvador has done. Uh, that the project has worked in El Salvador. They, their illegal immigration from El Salvador is virtually dried up coming to this country. And yet now we're cutting the aid that has stopped illegal immigration. So now we're going to have uh, people from El Salvador coming up. In addition to the Guatemalans, the Hondurans, the Nicaraguans, the Mexicans. 
We're going to have all of this coming, and we don't have a border wall. So, I mean, the gist of this is we spent $416 million in Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador in 2014. You know what those countries spent to match our $400 million? They spent $5.4 billion to match our $400 million. And we were able to curtail illegal immigration. Now the regime's changed down there. The government's changed due to elections. We don't have a border wall. We're cutting the money. We're seeing flights of refugees again. We got to do something. We can't just build the wall and pretend that the problems south of the border are not ours. Because you know who's looking at the situation as well? China. China is looking at the situation in Central and South America, seeing the United States wanting to withdraw funds there and saying, hey, you know what? We'll come in and we'll provide funds and give us land for military installations. They've done it in Panama. They're going to do it everywhere else. Don't think that if we just stop spending money south of the border and build a high wall that the problems are going to stay away from us. They're going to fester. And the people who are going to come in and help fix the problems are going to be us or they're going to be the Russians and the Chinese. Who do you want in charge of the problems in our hemisphere? I am all in favor of a very robust Monroe Doctrine led by the president of the United States, and we should get back to that. Eric Erickson in for Mark Aram. I have housekeeping business. Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas has confirmed to me he will be at the resurgent gathering here in Atlanta, uh, August 1st through 4th. It'll be at the Grand Hyatt Buckhead if you would like to come. Uh, we've also invited the Vice President of the United States. <clears throat> I can't say anything about whether or not he can come. I've been asked by security not to. But you can text the word Atlanta to 345345. Uh, if you want to RSVP, ticket price is still 99 bucks. It's about to jump sky high when we confirm officially the vice president's coming. So you got a chance. Now, in the next hour, we are going to shift gears. Last night, we took restaurant recommendations from listeners of this year program. Uh, tonight, as I said last night, uh, where do you and your family go in Georgia to have fun? Do you go to the North Georgia Mountains? Do you go to Blue Ridge? Do you go to Asheville? Do you go to the Highlands? Well, I know so many people who have houses up in the Highlands. I, I want to be rich one day so I can have a house in the Highlands or go to Hilton Head and have a beach house or something. I really want a beach house in Hilton Head, but i got to win the lottery first unless one of you sugar daddies are going to be my sugar daddy. <laughs> but where do you go? The aquarium? The zoo? Uh, I The cyclorama? I am a big fan of the cyclorama. Uh, if you have not been to the Atlanta History Center, I had to go on a field trip two weeks ago. It was an overnight field trip to Atlanta. Uh, the kid and I, you, you, I can't stay at your run-of-the-mill hotel in the city. i got to stay at a place that has in-house security for reasons. You know, it, it's amazing how many of you recognize someone who's on the radio where you can't see my face. But nonetheless, we stayed at the Omni at the Battery, and that was just, uh, she and I had a blast up there. Uh, but we also went to the Atlanta History Center, which I had never actually been to the Atlanta History Center other than go to Super Ginny because uh, they, they have fantastic soup there. But we went in and went to the Cyclorama, which my wife, for we've been married for 19 years this October. And for 19 years, she has told me we got to go to the Cyclorama. We actually haven't been. Well, they moved it uh, two years ago out of Grant Park, out by the zoo, and they refurbished it. They put it into the Atlanta History Center, and it is amazing. Have you ever seen the Cyclorama, Shaney B? I've driven past it. Oh, I, I couldn't even really tell you what it is. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the Cyclorama, for those of you who don't know, back, in, back before film in the late 1800s, early 1900s, before IMAX, 
they would make essentially three-dimensional style paintings that were in a circle. And uh, this one is the second largest in the world. It's 50 feet high and longer than a football field in a circle. It bows out towards you, so it has a three-dimensional effect, and it paints a scene. In this case, uh, the Battle of Atlanta. And nothing to do with motorcycles. It's nothing to do with motorcycles. It, it's amazing. So when we come back, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Where do you take your family in the state of Georgia?